I would like to also make a pop that has chocolate in it. Oh, yeah. So uh, I, I did a bunch of uh, tryouts with a pear and chocolate pop. Madison Christian Community, where we get our produce, has pear trees. So a lot of the times when I'm thinking of flavors, it's what's available on the farm. Welcome to The Corner Table, a Capital Times podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin. I've always loved frozen fruit things, whether chocolate-covered bananas or paletas full of pineapple chunks. With a rolling cart and a lineup of flavors that includes raspberry basil, rhubarb ginger, and strawberry lemon, chrysalis pops has become one of my favorite things about the Tuesday afternoon farmer's market on Madison's east side. I am your host, Cap Times food writer Lindsay Christians. After Bessie Cherry's profile of Chrysalis Pops a couple of weeks ago, I asked Max Licker from Chrysalis to come into the studio. I wanted to talk about how he develops the flavors, and also how Chrysalis is using frozen treats to encourage mental health recovery in Dane County. Stay tuned. Welcome to the studio, Max. Hi, thank you. Thank you so much for coming in today. Very happy to be here. Um, so first of all, uh, what is Chrysalis Pops? Tell people what, what it is. So Chrysalis Pops is a social enterprise. We make gourmet uh, fruit, frozen fruit pops and provide employment services for adults in Dane County living with mental health challenges. Awesome. How long have you been involved? This is, this is my second year um, with the enterprise. It's the enterprise's third year. How did it get started? Why Popsicles? Uh, so Danny Rischel, our executive director, uh, she started the social enterprise because uh, she was working in Washington, D.C., um, and she saw something similar, and she thought it would be great for Madison. Uh, no one, to her knowledge, was doing it at the time. It's really cool. So uh, when you came in, what was your sort of mission? Like, what were you charged with doing with Chrysalis Pops? Uh, my, so Danny uh, is a social worker. She has no background in food or food business. Uh, my experience uh, is in the restaurant industry. I've also done some farm work. Uh, and I'm very interested in one day having my own food business. So she thought it'd be great if I came in and helped kind of grow the business, um, kind of expanded our outreach, and really focused on the non-social aspects of it, but still kind of embracing Chrysalis's mission. What is your culinary background? Uh, I've been cooking since I was a very young child. My father loved to cook. I grew up watching uh, a lot of Food Network um, and helping him out in the kitchen. Um, I've also worked in some restaurants. Who's your favorite Food Network person? Uh, I'd say Emeril Lagasse was my favorite growing up. Bam! Bam! <laughs> <laughs> so did you work in, in restaurants? Were you like a line cook? Uh, I've managed a small pizzeria in New York and kind of done every little odd and end job uh, for that small business. Part of the reason that I ask is because I feel like the restaurant industry is 
one where people from kind of all walks of life, uh, all backgrounds and histories can find a home, can find a place where they can, I think the main thing that matters is you show up and you do your work and you keep your head down. And so it, it does sort of end up, you know, with motley crews sometimes of people disparate from dif- disparate backgrounds, um, you know, kind of coming together in, in a particularly interesting and unique way sometimes. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've always just been passionate about food since I was a little kid. I love working with my hands. I love creating. Um, I love eating as well. Um, but it's definitely a fun uh, environment to work in in a restaurant. Um, a little bit uh, exciting, um, a lot going on. And uh, I'm actually, so I'm from New York and I kind of, I like that part. Um, I, I like all the action that's involved. And I think that's part of the New Yorker in me a little bit. Yeah. It's really interesting to be talking to you about using food to help with mental health issues. Right now in particular, um, Anthony Bourdain recently passed away, and I know that there's been a lot of conversations I've been seeing online about food, the food industry and, and mental health challenges. And so I wonder if working with Chrysalis, coming from a restaurant background, is this very sort of specific and hands-on way that you can you know, be of assistance, help with these kinds of issues in a very sort of visible and, and hands-on way. Like, do you make those kinds of connections in your work now? Uh, sure. I think uh, our clients uh, really enjoy creating something. Um, whether or not it's, we also have our clients uh, working on the farm, growing the produce that goes into these pops. So just being able to see something get planted and, 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 you know, and grow from a little sprout to something that we harvest um, and use to make a delicious product that they enjoy, that they see our customers enjoy is really special for them. Absolutely. Sometimes it's a really long process, isn't it? Uh, it is for some crops, yeah, for sure. Other things like rhubarb kind of pop up and ready to harvest within a couple of weeks. So. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I I planted my first strawberries like three, four years ago, and this year I finally have a crop. It took years, though. So it's worth it if you wait. It is worth you wait, and we have tons of strawberries now. This is our second week of harvesting. I think we got 80 pounds last time oh we went gosh, out really? there. So. Uh, I will spend a lot of time in the kitchen with uh, our employees and our intern pulling the little green tops of strawberries. That's that's what comes with strawberries. Do you help harvest? Uh, I do help harvest. How I help. Are your, how are your knees? <laughs> <laughs> you got to find a comfortable position to work in, um, for sure. So uh, whether or not it's standing or crouching down or even laying down, some people find useful. You just got to kind of find your spot. Yeah. Well, strawberries are so low to the ground usually. They are, and they're a little hard to find sometimes, too. So you got to kind of move the leaves around in order to find the good ones. Yeah, absolutely. I used to go to a strawberry farm with my family when I was growing up, and I always thought I liked raspberries better because you can stand and pick raspberries even though they have prickers. It's easier because <laughs> you can stand. That's true. Um, but, like, the, the number that went into our mouths versus, like, into our baskets was always kind of a... It's definitely important to eat some while you're picking. <laughs> It's key. Keep your energy up. That's right. Right? Um, so y- what farm are you working on to harvest this produce? So we work with a community gardens on the west side of Madison called Madison Christian Community. How big is the garden? Where are they located? So they're right off Old Sock Road. And uh, it's two congregations that have come together, and they have community plots as well as plots for uh, a food pantry, which they donate the produce to, and then areas um, that they 
designate for Chrysalis Pops and all the produce that is grown there, they donate to us. Um, and a lot of their church volunteers help uh, harvest and do all of the farm work that goes into getting this produce. So how much space is it? Like how big is the plot? Do you know? Uh, the, er- the entire area is a few acres, so it's pretty big. Um, That's a ton. It is. And they have two pretty large strawberry patches. We grow cucumbers there. We have two areas where we grow raspberries. Um, we have a rhubarb patch. Um, they're growing corn for us this year, so we can make our corn pops. What's in the corn pop? So it's still in the process of being uh, worked on. I'm still, uh, every, every week, I'm kind of trying to tweak the recipe. Um, but there is cream in it, sugar, corn juice. Nice. Yeah. And, and maybe some spice. I'm not sure yet. That sounds delicious. You said you were going to try to make one with cheese at one point. Yeah. Uh, another idea I have is a carrot, cream cheese, and honey pot. That sounds really good. And also texturally challenging. Yeah. Getting the, uh, the cheese incorporated in, but not so that it's lost, um, I think is going to be the challenge. I have not started working on that one yet. When I first encountered Chrysalis Pops last year, I really wanted to try the cold brew coffee one because I'm a big fan of Let It Ride coffee, the cold brew. And I saw that you had a cold brew pop and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then like the two ti- the first two times I saw you guys at the East Side Market, it, you were sold out of it or you didn't have it or something. And I thought, oh, no. Like, so that one must be really popular, I'm assuming. That one is very popular, um, especially uh, at the morning markets. Um, sometimes people say they don't want to have that coffee at five o'clock at night at the Eastside Farmer's Market. Um, but yeah, that's one that we've kind of updated the recipe, um, towards the end of last season, um, to include salt and vanilla in it, um, make it a little bit more flavorful. Um, and people have given us really good feedback. There's also maple syrup in that one instead of sugar, which kind of gives it a little bit of a, uh, I want to say, I don't want to say burnt is the right taste, but kind of like a deeper flavor. Yeah, almost more caramelized. Yeah, caramel. That's a, that's a good way to describe it. You have a spiced cranberry apple. We do. That's kind of like our fall pop. Yeah. So we'll, we'll probably start making that one in August. Um, I, like that how, I like how many of the popsicles use herbs. So the cucumber mint with lime, um, and you also have the basil with raspberry. So is that something you're growing those herbs as well? Is that something you've been really deliberate about? Yeah, we, uh, we grow those herbs uh, at Madison Christian Community as well. Um, and really, really just like the fresh taste that it brings to our pops. It reminds me of cocktails. Yes, we've had a lot of people say that a cucumber mint with lime pop tastes a lot like a mojito. Oh, perfect. I wonder if you could, like, stick it in a cup and, you know, throw some, you know, whatever gin in there and some seltzer water and make a cocktail. People are certainly welcome to do that. While they melt. That sounds <laughs> delightful. <laughs> so uh, who who is making the pops themselves? Do you make them in the feed kitchens? Is that right? Yeah. So we make them in the feed kitchens. Um, we're there twice a week, uh, four hours per shift, and we're there with our clients. So we have uh, out of the 12 participants in the program, there are four that are primarily uh, working on production, four that are farmers, and four that are in sales. And then we also kind of try to move people around a little bit to get experience in the other areas as well um, if they choose and they decide they want additional skills and diff- additional experiences. 
Is there a limited amount of time that you would participate in the program? Like it's a 12-week cycle kind of thing? It is a six-month program. So it goes from April through the end of September. And then the idea is that when our clients are finished with the program, then they will work with Chrysalis employment specialists um, to work on getting a job, in the, a competitive job in the community. How do they find out about you? Everyone that's involved in the Chrysalis Pops program was already receiving mental health services from Chrysalis. So we kind of pick within the current pool of Chrysalis clients and kind of work with people that uh, maybe need an additional level of support in terms of getting a job. Like training. Exactly. This kind of gives people an additional, additional skills to put on a resume. It gives them a recommendation for me. Um, and it gives them... A lot of people are nervous to be back in the workforce. So a lot of people we work for have not worked in a very long time, maybe decades. So this kind of gives them a foot in the door back into employment. I've talked with folks before who are doing training programs for things like back of the house and restaurant kitchens and things. And one of the big challenges is it's not necessarily the stuff that you're doing when you're on the job. It's all the stuff around it, right, of like making sure you can get there consistently and you've got good transportation, making sure that you, you know, can set up your schedule in a way that you can be in the same place on the same day every single week. Absolutely. Um, preparing for work and getting to work is definitely a big challenge for a lot of people that is overcome through this program. Uh, additional things might be getting a bank account, having a cell phone, working on paperwork, in the interview process. We try to m do an interview process that mimics a competitive job. That's great. Because there, there are so, I think there are so many barriers there where you think, especially if you haven't done it in a long time, you think, oh my gosh, I can't even, that's just going to be too much. So it seems like a, a really great sort of entryway, like a little launch, launch ramp or something. Totally. Yeah. And also just like people uh, calling if they're, if they're not feeling well or dealing with their manager, working with their coworkers, all really good, important skills that all other people take um, for granted that are, do not come easily for everybody. Among the flavors that you have been working on, do you have, um, do you have favorites, but also do you have some that you haven't quite gotten to work yet? Uh, absolutely. I was. I would like to also make a pop that has chocolate in it. Oh yeah. So uh, I, I did a bunch of uh, tryouts with a pear and chocolate pop. Um, one of the reasons being that Madison Christian Community, where we get our produce, has pear trees. So a lot of the times when I'm thinking of flavors, it's what's available on the farm. Um, the only problem with the pear and chocolate pop was that I couldn't really get it pear-y enough. The chocolate kept kind of overpowering the pear. Um, so my next idea is a blackberry and chocolate pop because they are also growing blackberries on the farm. You could do something with chilies in it, too. Could do something with chilies in it, too. I do find that Midwesterners do not love their spice, though. Oh, that's true. Are there some uh, that are favorites of yours that you're excited about right now? Uh, I've also wanted to start working on a watermelon pop, so I'm really excited about that one. That would be awesome. Maybe pair it with some lime or other citrus. I'm also a big fan of rosemary. Um, I, I know you mentioned that you really like that we work with herbs, so I would like to do something with rosemary. I feel like rosemary goes really well with like stone fruits, like plums and things like that. Yeah, we were thinking about a peach and rosemary maybe. Oh, that sounds great. You've got a couple with rhubarb, and that's awesome because I feel like the thing with rhubarb is everybody's really doing a lot with it at the beginning of the season because it's one of the few things that's 
there and available and things are growing again, rhubarb. And I love the sour flavors with rhubarb, but then like it's still going, like it goes into the summer, but people kind of stop eating it so much. Yeah, we we continue producing rhubarb pops throughout the summer because we also we also freeze a lot of the produce that we grow so that we can pick it and freeze it that day and it you know, maintains its freshness that way. One of the big challenges with um, with food businesses, with you know entrepreneurs, you know who are starting up new food things, is just finding enough cooler space. Um, and I wonder if that's because your business is primarily freezer stuff. Has that been a challenge for you finding? Freezer space? Absolutely. It was one of our biggest challenges last year. We, uh, we quickly ran out of space at the feed kitchens where we rent out a shelf. Um, and we decided that we would also like a freezer space at our office because um, that's where we keep our cart. So instead of having to go to the feed kitchens to pick up pops, load up the cart at the office, and then return unsold pops back to the feed kitchens, we thought it would be a lot easier to get a freezer at our office. So we had to go through a whole warehouse inspection to certify our office space as a warehouse so we can buy a chest freezer. But we did go through all that process, and it's been very nice having an additional freezer at our office space. So you finally got one? We finally got one this that's year. That's awesome. So, yeah, made that's life really a lot easier. I, just, I know that that's been a challenge for a lot of folks to find that freezer space. Do the pops have a shelf life? I've found that... After about six months or so, they start to maybe change color a little bit. They te- they taste the same. I, I would say, I've had year old pops that taste exactly the same as the day that we made them. However, they do start to look a little bit different. So one of the things uh, that I was interested in when I was sort of reading about what you do is um, that you've done like some catering and you've worked kind of with parties and community events. Is that something you'd like to do more of this summer? We would. We would. We definitely would like to do some weddings, some birthday parties. We've done a few office parties and we've gotten some requests for those again this year. Um, some conferences that have provided pops for the conference. So we'd definitely like to do a lot more outreach in that regard. We did start wholesaling this year, so we are currently in all three Willie Street co-ops. We're also at the Ulbrich Botanical Gardens, and that's been the best place for us to sell pops so far. They've been flying through them at the gardens. So. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. That was kind of a little surprise for us, but we're really happy about it. So where can people find you? So Ulbrich, Willie Street Co-op, where else can people find you? We're at the Eastside Farmer's Market um, every Tuesday from 4 to 7 p.m. We're also on the Square every Saturday from 9 a.m. to about 2.15, and we're at the corner of Hamilton and West Main on the square. So that's during the Dane County Farmer's Market. Are you doing any, um, like, festivals this summer? Yeah, we did uh, Parks and Trails Unite last weekend as well as Ride the Drive. We'll also be at uh, the Willie Street Fair, and we'll be at Atwood Fest. And we definitely, uh, we're also doing the, uh, the night market this coming Thursday. Wonderful. And then we have our our ears open for other opportunities, but All we right. got to kind of pick and choose which ones we do. And uh, people can find you at workwithchrysalis.org? Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming in, Max. Thank you so much for having me. This has been The Corner Table, a Capital Times podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin. Our music was composed by Patrick Christians. Read our profile of Chrysalis Pops online at captimes.com and find more food and drink news there as well. Subscribe to The Corner Table wherever you get your podcasts. 
I am your host, Cap Times food writer Lindsay Christians. Come back next week when I'm talking to Michelle Wilgen, a Madison-based novelist and editor, about how she writes about food in fiction. My wish for you this week is a big glass of cold brew coffee. Cheers! Cheers!